0: All right, we ready to do this? We did the mic check? Uh, I, um, check, check, check. We're rocking?
1: Cool. All right. You ready for this? Oh, Always ready. Have you ever podcasted before? Yeah.
0: Have you? Yeah. So this isn't, a am special.
1: I've done online stuff. Really? A Agent lot? Agent training. I've trained agents. I've done That's panels, cool. all that stuff. i podcasting. I've done podcasts before, though. What podcast I'm... have you been on? Stuff with like my company years ago. Right.
0: So not special. Oh, years ago probably, too. Probably oh, nothing. That special. You really know how to wait to fluff a man up, don't you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> nothing. Nothing as cool as. this. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah as, I cool don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't want your pity
0: love. I don't want your pity love. Yeah, kid. Welcome. Welcome I'm be back to another episode of Smells Like <laughs> Happy and Handsome. I'm your host, Charles Marup, a.k.a. The Handsome Home Buyer, formerly Captain Permit, still love Captain Permit, 516-513-8838, I almost forgot the number there for a second, right? You know who else we love? Cardinal Financial. Fuck yeah, Greg. Sal Rosola from Cardinal Financial. Do all your offers get screened through a loan
1: officer? Oh, yeah.
0: We're not talking about Sal right now, we're just talking about you. Oh, yeah. They have to. Oh, yeah. You know how many deals I had fall apart? Because they didn't get screened? Because mm-hmm. these LOs come to you and they forgot to tell you about the 14 fucking bankruptcies and the fact that they're gonna try to put thirty-seven people on the loan because this guy can't qualify for a yeah. fucking sandwich.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's not good. Mm-hmm. I don't think you've lived in real estate until you've had that situation, honestly.
0: I had three fall apart in one week after they were under contract for more than sixty days, and one guy lost his down payment.
1: We're seeing it across the board now. Fuck that guy. We
0: really are. If he had Sal Rosolo, if I had Sal wouldn't have a problem. Sal Rosolo, Financial, this podcast and every podcast. Is sponsored by. Him. We love you. We know you. We were there speaking last night. Greg, how'd I do? Um, Be honest. If I sucked, tell me I sucked. Seven
1: out of ten.
0: What could have made me better?
1: Gravity went on a little too long. I think you were losing them by the end. Yeah, for I think. Forty minutes. People were sort of like, all
0: right. Shut up, Charles. Yeah. You know that's what it was. Good,
1: good
0: all right. How long did I go for? All right, so, Lowell, brevity. Wow. Let's introduce Lowell, Lowell Ackerman. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I don't understand? How would he meet sooner? I don't know. First of all, A, you look fantastic. Thank you. Love the blazer. Thank you. It's cool because it's not
1: like your typical blazer material.
0: It's like a different kind of cotton like with the cloth, frayed edges exactly
1: cloth con and then the chino joggers you always have to
0: do you are the chino jogger man chino wore, jogger to the, wore to the YPN to the white event we got to get a picture of lol put it right here it looks fantastic nobody even knew that those pants were chino jogger pants i thought that they were tuxedo pants Everyone the shoes i'm going to mitchell's after this don't know what mitchell is who mitchell is but he must be a hell of a guy because those are fucking awesome thank you so you've been in real estate 10 years you're 28 years old yeah. your motto is and we're gonna get to this in a minute because <laughs> power money and hammocks Three things that obviously go together, right? With Danielle Gale, out of Huntington, top producer, YPN director, just nominated to be secretary last—not nominated, elected—to yeah, last be last secretary time. for next year. Rookie of the year for Danielle Gale, and those of you who didn't know, Danielle Gale's motto is, which I think this is notable: "Where there's a whale, there's a way," <laughs> which I fucking love. I love it. So it's good to see you, man. Absolutely,
1: good to see you. Thank you for having why,
0: me. Why? Why did it take us so long to? Why? Why did this happen?
1: I don't know. You just,
0: I met you at the, how long have you known Beth Lowe?
1: This was my first year, actually. I met her at the first YPN meeting in Well, that's February. what it is. Because
0: yeah. Beth Lowe is the, is the glue that binds exactly. everybody, everybody, that everybody binds. in real estate. Exactly.
1: State. She's the OG agent, I think, on Long Island. She's like, Lowell. I'm like,
0: yeah. who is Lowell, and how come I haven't met Lowell before? And there you were.
1: Yeah, We, we met at the first uh, meeting that we had in February, and I said, I like her, she's cool. So I guess my first question, actually,
0: actually, my first question is to you, why power money in hammocks? <laughs>
1: Power, money, and hammocks. Everyone has a college story. I met the, you a know, couple of friends in college. Um, at each other on Instagram. He had a motto that said, power, money, and pigeons. So the next day when I saw him, I go, what's with the power, money, and pigeons? He goes, it sticks with you, right? I go, yeah. He said, you remember me now, right? I go, yeah. He goes, there you go, power, money, and pigeons. He goes, what's yours? I go, power, money, Trying to think, I'm trying to think, and everyone who knows me knows in the summer that when I'm not working, you could find me just laying out in the sun on a hammock. So I just said, "Power money and hammocks." There you go. There,
0: and, and it stuck. And
1: that, that that's how it became the, pretty much the motto it makes, of my life it since makes sense. college. Absolutely, it makes sense.
0: Like so, handsome, my ex-wife is like, "You can't call yourself handsome. That's insane, and you're not that handsome." Like that's that. <laughs> remember it. Power Money Hammocks, yep. handsome, it works. Whatever yep. gets people to remember. Exactly,
1: us. as soon as it came out, my friends would just call me they say, Power Money and Hammocks, what are we doing tonight? You, so, it just, be, it just stuck
0: with me. You're lucky that you have like a nice golden bronze all the time though, man. All the time. You're golden. All the time. You're very lucky.
1: Exactly. I always say I'm not about the pale life, I can't do it.
0: I could blind somebody in traffic with my leg and cause an accident if the sun hits at the right angle in, in a second.
1: On oh, my worst day, that would never happen. You
0: and my friend are coffee with the right kind <laughs> of cream. God bless. Absolutely. So, going back to high school, right? Going back Yeah. Free, yeah. You've been, so you're 28 years old? Yeah. Which you're very lucky, yeah, I wish I was 28 years old, knowing then what I know now. You ha- look it, so that's with all With half matters. that much hair, thank that's you, sir. That's all that matters. So the interesting thing about you is is that you had a real estate calling in high school. Yeah. Bro, I, I know hundreds of agents, and not thousands of agents. I have never had anybody tell me that they had a calling to be an agent as early as high school.
1: Yeah, it kind of actually happened by accident. So everyone in high school, you're at the phase where you say, oh, yeah, I don't know what I wanna do when I'm older, you know just kind of up in the air. I was running so, for reality. Uh, I didn't exactly. want to grow up. Exactly. But, I mean, sometimes you're just forced to grow up. So uh, in high school, we had very good family, friends, you know, top agent, still is a top agent. Um, he said, you know, I need an assistant part-time. You know, have you ever thought about getting into real estate? And I said, mm, no, but it's not anything I'd be opposed to. So last, you know, three, four months of high school, Decided, eh? My free time when I'm done with my homework, why not just start the real estate course and just, you know, start, you know, getting, you know, my feet wet and just see what happens. So, um, senior year of high school, turned 18, got licensed and started working with this agent as an assistant to him and just, you know, helping him out with some open houses, just, you know, with some paperwork, just some basic stuff. And from there, you know, they say your first few deals are family and your best friend. So. We had um, our closest family friend who was gracious enough to say, you know, we'd love to use you to, you know, find our house. We're going to be selling our home in Great Neck. We want to move to Lloyd Harbor, and of course, I'm like,
0: wow, oh, wow. exactly. That's a big deal. Exactly. Out of the so, gate? Was,
1: exactly. Out How of the much was that sale for the purchase? About a million dollars. It was a starter home. <laughs> you know, got to start somewhere. But you know, for <laughs> Greg's like what? <laughs> starter home, why not? But you know, for your first deal, so. You know, I worked with them for a while. It was also 10 years ago. 10 yeah.
0: years ago, a million dollars was like, so 10 years ago was 2012, which the yeah. bottom of the market was 2010. So shit was still really cheap. Yeah. That house is probably worth.
1: I just re- actually resold the house for them about the same price about a year and a half ago. And now in the crazy market, this people who bought it from us just resold it now for around a million three. Wow. Yeah. So the house is one of those where it didn't, in, it increased in value for sure. Um, But yeah, so, you know, just kind of, I say it just fell into my lap by accident, real estate. It wasn't anything that was really planned. And then, you know, from there, like we said, family and friends are the first deal. Another family friend said, you know, we want to buy a house, little starter home. We'd love to work with you. Around the same time then, you know, a few years later my parents decided, you know, let's sell the house, you know, put it up on the market. So, you know, one thing after the other, it really started trickling. Wow. And, you know, I started off part-time in real estate, you know, like I said, as an assistant, kind of just getting, you know, being like a shadow in it. But I was bartending, right, you know, in college as well. So I had I that was... as a, you know, pretty much, I say, a full-time job. It was, you know, half bartending, half real estate on the side. So it was just a little bit of everything and just... Where'd you go to school? Or
0: college. Uh,
1: I went to just up a community college. Okay. Stayed local because I was really doing the real estate to start off. So I said, you know, let me stay local and see if I end up liking real estate. Let me just bartend part-time. So
0: <sighs> Bartending is the only thing that I ever really wanted to do that I never got a chance to do.
1: So much fun. So much, so fun. much fun.
0: And I don't drink. Yes. Right? So I'm like, I can fucking really crush it yeah. because I'll be, you know, I'm sober and focused all yeah. the time.
1: And I worked a lot of college bars. So it was like the college bars, college nightclubs.
0: Like when you say college bars, are we talking Hovstra- the Hofstra college Wait, like Bogies, was... like, no, 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 that's Albany. Where am I going here with Dizzy's, McKeeb's. There we go. Old, yeah, that's um, where I started off. Bogart's, was Bogart's still no, there? No, wasn't there. Bogart's was gone. Wait, wait. They already turned time. that place into like a taco <laughs> yeah, joint no. or whatever it was. Or crebets or whatever it turned into. Wow, you yeah. bartended at those places? Yeah.
1: So started off doing that. It was a fun college thing. Wow.
0: And, but you know what? Do you know now, how to like make real drinks or are you just a beer server?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. No. Oh,
1: I can make drinks. Yeah? Oh yeah. I, you know, I thought it was gonna be at first fancy. Not, not the Hofstra bars, like some of the nightclubs that I was gonna be working at. I ended up being Long Island Iced Teas, but I thought, you know, I better learn how to make drinks, so I went to 1-800-BARTEND and actually got my certification as a bartender, which I still have, so. See, it's interesting
0: that you say the bartending thing because these guys have heard me say it a million times that anybody I meet that's, that was a bartender in real estate yeah. is successful in real estate. Yeah. Period. End of story. Bartenders, club promoters, policemen, yep. those are like the three groups of people that just that crush it in real estate for some reason. Oh,
1: absolutely. And I did nightclub promoting for many years as well. So i worked with a bunch of hospitality groups. So I was involved in that. So I've always been very hands-on and involved in just networking, you know, getting my name out there, getting events out there, all of that stuff, you know, it all ties in all together.
0: Can you help me live a dream? What was that? Can you help me live out a dream of mine? <laughs> Go ahead. Can we do a guest bartending spot somewhere? That'd be great. And like, That'd be fun. We could, I'm, dead, I'm, oh. I'm dead ass serious right now. I always wanted to bartend. You're going to give me a crash course on how to make drinks. We're going to do a guest bartending spot somewhere. I kind of have this fantasy where I end up being shirtless behind the bar. That may or may not happen. I don't know. Greg, let me, just, let me go with it. All right? But Sorry, Scott. But um, I want to do it.
1: We, let's, we, bring, let's bring it to the next board meeting. Can we do this? Let's do it. What, YP, YP, we're going yeah, to we're gonna do YP a board YP. meeting. Handsome wants to get shirtless behind the bar <laughs> and serve drinks. We have a great idea. We're going to get a ton of people to this event. Yes. We're bartending. I Love will it. promote the hell out of this thing. I think it would be a great idea. Let's do it. Absolutely. We're doing, Absolutely. Give me the real we're doing it. Yes. We're doing it. We're doing Done. it. Done. All right.
0: Let's that, do it. Literally, that's, that's all I've wanted. Like, I had the fake bottles back in the day, like when Tom Cruise yeah. was in cocktail and I was watching that like in the 80s. I used to fling them around and try to catch him. Can you do any
1: of that shit? I'd probably end up breaking it, but we could try. All
0: right, so there we go. We're doing it. We're doing it. It's out in the the universe. So I'm curious, before the real estate thing, right, what did you think you wanted to be?
1: No idea. Honestly, I really had no idea.
0: Clueless, real estate kind of like falls in your lap and then you just take off like a rocket. Yeah,
1: which is what I think most people, when they're getting out of high school, they're getting into college, They're in the, you know, I don't know what I want to do. You know, I'll figure it out. So, you know, that's why I was open to getting my real estate license because I said, if I like it and something comes of it, great. If nothing comes of it, could always just keep the license and just, you know, do it down the line or just, you know, let it expire and do something else if I end up falling into a different career path. So I was just very open to anything at that point. Do you like being an agent? Depends on the day.
0: <laughs> we always say well, depends because on the day. Cause you're a very happy, <laughs> jovial guy. Like you're always glowing. Every
1: time I meet you, you're just like, you're very happy. I'm like, this is a guy who's really happy. I, I, do, I love it because no matter what someone's situation is, whether they're buying, selling, you're the one that's going to really in a sense help change their life. So to me, I love that about the job. I love it that you're there to be their therapist to be their friend, to be their guide, to be the one that's you know gonna be selling them a dream or selling someone else their dream that they've built. So that's what I've always loved about real estate.
0: What's your least favorite part about real estate?
1: Not being able to drink at 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> what? Not being able to drink at 10 a.m. <laughs> Cause some of those days you wake up at 10 a.m. you say, I just need a drink right now. <laughs>
0: Why, due to the stress of what's going
1: on, <laughs> or just a, oh, oh yeah, just a... oh absolutely. No, absolutely. What is your
0: drink of choice?
1: Aperol spritz. Really? Yeah. All year round? I mean, I know it's. I feel more... like that's a very summery drink. I mean, look at the tan though. I bring the summer into winter. That is
0: true. It makes it... yeah you do yeah. What is your so you say you're Sicilian and
1: Sicilian, German, Polish, and Hungarian.
0: Wow. Yeah. So. But you Completely look like nice. Spanish from Spain or like Italian. You look like, like some exotic.
1: I've, that's what I always get. Something. People always just say, what are you? Yeah. I always say, what do you think? And they go, well, I have no idea.
0: Yeah, man. Got the, <laughs> like the beard looks airbrushed on, like it just, <laughs> with, the, with the golden brown, it works. Good for you. Um, so 10 years, like, so you, you've been on the upswing, like you, we, you and I have never in this when it was like crazy, when, in a bad way, meaning when of course. Like the world was coming to an end, yeah. which is what we're starting to sort of experience now. Exactly. Um, I'm, kind of, but you've been a consistent top producer for ten years, right? So you obviously you were doing it part time. How many yeah. years have you been doing it full time?
1: I'd say the past six years has been more full time.
0: So what's the secret to maintaining that consistency year over year? Because everybody can have a good year, one year, two years, but to be doing consistently five, six years, mm-hmm. it's it's not easy. What's you're you know?
1: you, you're consistently keeping your name out there, and you just have to you know let everyone know that you're still in real estate, that nothing's stopping, that you're here for them. And it comes down to, you know, the basic where you can't give up, you just have to keep on going there. And the how market.
0: do you, how do you do that though? Like what is your, I just, I recently interviewed the top 20 under 40. Mm-hmm. And during that like process, cause I do it every year, but for some yeah. reason this year, like things started to click for me yeah. as far as recognizing certain patterns with them. Yeah. So I realized that all of them, just the key to doing business is to knowing as many people as possible.
1: Of course, absolutely.
0: Which is very basic. I just realized that at 42 years old. Mm. And the more people that like you and know who you are, the more business you're going to do. Mm. Pretty simple. Yep. But the way they all go about doing that is very different. Mm-hmm. How do you do it?
1: Everyone always says, I'm a stalker. <laughs> I always say, You're a stalker. And they, I, I, so, with, in terms of that, any single person that I meet, no matter where I meet them, you know, how we interact, you know, we kind of you know, build a little bit of rapport, a little bit of relationship. I always stalk them on the internet, find out where they live, try and get their email, and all I do is add them to my mailing list, okay. add them to my e blast, and I just keep in touch with them. And just, you know, if they see my face in the mailbox, they just say, oh, that's the guy that I met, you know.
0: You send them direct mail?
1: All the time. Everyone.
0: Talk to me about your direct mail strategy because you're the only agent I've ever met that has what seems to be a consistent and solid direct mail strategy. A lot of agents I talk to mm. do direct mail, but they're like, They'll do it once. They'll send like a hundred and I'm like, that doesn't work. You have to send them like consistently at scale over a period of time.
1: Consistently. I have a whole Excel sheet with everyone in my sphere of influence, which is the biggest factor that you need to, you need to work on your sphere from the start as an agent. And then you just build it up, you know, day by day. So I have all my sphere on one list, um, once a month. I do a mailer to my entire sphere, all customized. I sit down with my marketing team and we come up with something creative every month just so I'm always in the back of their minds. Every time I sell a house in a certain area, I'll do a slight radius of 100 addresses around that and I'll add that to the list and then I just build on that list from there. And you, you, you keep sending to those people? Keep sending to those people. Keep sending to the surrounding streets of where I've sold and then the next month sell something else next week sell something else And it just keeps building. I keep building it up consistently. How
0: many mailers are you sending out a month now?
1: Thousands and thousands and thousands every month. Wow Is it is the ROI there? Yes the amount of texts that I get from Friends, their parents, you know, past clients. Oh, we love the mailer from this month. We scanned the QR code. What a cool! Well, that's I okay. incorporate QR codes into okay. a lot of my stuff as well. Explain. Cool. Give
0: me an example of what a mailer looks like.
1: I try and come up with a theme every month. So whether you know, in the August, for example, my last mailer, August September. Um, I showcased, and I'll always incorporate a lot of my business and my clients into my mailers, which they all love because their house gets promoted. I showcased about five of my properties, QR code links to the houses, all the high-resolution pictures on the mailer, and said, if you're thinking of selling your home this winter, why not get your pictures done now? Let it showcase like these properties. Mm -hmm. And the amount of calls that I got for listings to get pictures done over the past month was the highest I've ever had in I say 10 years but since I've been in business this year how many do you like
0: really quantify it like do you do you really dial into the numbers of like how many calls you're getting how many how how it converts all that stuff? Yes, so you get you get that crazy with it, which is
1: I wouldn't say crazy, but I keep track. No, crazy of, is good with that. I keep I keep track of you know how many texts I get. You know, just oh my parents saw this. Did they end up sending me a buyer or a referral out even out of it? Even if it's just not from them, but just a, a third party referral that comes of it.
0: I mean, it's hard to say because you're doing a bunch of different things. But how many? How many? deals, like so it's either buyer or seller, because you represent both, right? You yes. have buyers and sellers? About 50-50, yep. Yeah. Okay, which is a good Very important, mix. yep, absolutely. I tell people all the time, like, bro, you need a healthy mix. Absolutely. You can't just, people are like, I just wanna be a listing agent. I'm like,
1: you can't. When it's only a buyer's market and you're only used to listing, what are you gonna do? If it's only a exactly. seller, you know what I mean? So you have to have a very nice balance there, which is what I always try and keep it bal- as balanced as could be and try and keep about the same number. How many
0: clients a month do you think you get on average off direct mail?
1: I don't know, every month. Because sometimes... Well, if you average
0: it out, like if you got one one month, three months, like for the whole year, right? If you put it together, how many clients do you think you get per for month? For the
1: whole year, I'd say maybe five to six.
0: Five to six? Yes. So, off of direct mail. Yeah. So, let's call it one every other month. Mm-hmm. Well, hmm Where you actually yep. like... You're closing the deal.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I mean from one of those comes 10 referrals possibly. So, to me it's great.
0: Sorry, no, that makes sense. And, Have you been able to like kind of track the referrals that are coming off of it so you know, not an exact amount, but you know, you know, it's working?
1: In the back, you know, in the back of my head, yeah, I got this referral from this from a mailer. I got this listing and then I converted this buyer from that that wasn't interested or I ended up selling that listing then myself. So I got double end on the deal. So it all kind of ties back together as well, where did this start from? And then you just backtrack and then you say, well, it started from this mailer that went out.
0: Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people like in the modern tech world of social media and everything and I I do direct mail as well. I just started doing direct mail and a lot of like you know big investors have done direct mail for Mm. years and it converts low but it's consistent. Mm. But the cool thing about real estate is that we're making money. Absolutely. So you can afford to pay for it Mm. and it makes sense.
1: Well I think they say you should put out of every commission 20% back into your business. So to me with putting it back into my business I think that that's the most lucrative route to go and to be putting okay. it into people's mailboxes they see your face
0: is that is that what they is that what you do consistently as far as you take you get a check for x amount of dollars, twenty percent comes off the top, it goes back into your business. you're religious like that
1: I wouldn't say religious, I know that's the rule of thumb. I haven't really broken it down dollar to dollar, but I always try and you know structure you know what marketing expenses do I have this month you know what could I afford to you know have is the fun money and then what should I be putting back into my business if I have say five listings coming up in one month and I know I'm going to be doing a lot of marketing, pictures, video, it may be a little bit less because you have to pump all that money into five new listings but I always tie it back to, you know, how could I use this money into, you know, just maybe getting one listing in five months out of this,
0: you know. So what kind of houses do you find yourself doing? Are you like, will you take any listing anywhere, anytime? Do you focus more on North Shore, South Shore, certain price points? Mm -hmm. What's your kind of like market?
1: I always say, if it's in New York state, I'll take it. Yeah. If I could sell it. If I I could sell it, I will. I've always, um, I've been, when I started, I started on a team and Mm -hmm. the team was more luxury, upper tier, North shore driven. So. I'd say a good chunk of my market is the luxury market on the North Shore, which is awesome sure. because
0: yeah. when you sell a house for two million bucks, absolutely, it's it's four or five hundred thousand dollar houses.
1: Absolutely, exactly. But when those houses aren't selling, yeah. you have to have the bread and butter, which is the yes. under a million mark. Which I have a ton of friends that are first time home buyers that are, you know, almost afraid to approach me and say, you know. We saw you just sold this house for $3 million. You know, we wanna buy a house for 600000 you know, Can you help us? And I'm like, can I help you? Of course I can help you. And then we have a blast doing it. So I'm comfortable in every price point. I've always been comfortable. And you have to do that because if the market is up, if it's down, you have to be able to adapt. And you have to be able to p- pivot your business yeah. into a certain direction if you have to. You do a lot of social media stuff? Heavily, yes. Yeah.
0: No, You, lot, yeah. you have the personality for it.
1: Yeah. A lot of Instagram, a lot of Facebook posts. Um, I had a home that went into a bidding war last year and it sold for a record price in the area and both buyers saw it on a Facebook post.
0: Wow. So, so that's
1: my, one of my most notable social media um, situations. Nice. For sure.
0: And the, I mean, on a sidebar of somebody that like, you know, didn't really know you until recently and then followed you on social media. Yeah. You seem to live a good life, a fun life.
1: I try and keep it fun on social media. You try it and looks keep it fun. fun. You want to keep it I'm interactive. like this guy's
0: in Montauk. There's this. Like you just you look like you you have a have a fun life, and there's a good yeah. balance there. And people want to be around that, right? People want to be around somebody who you know, exactly. is, is happy mm. and pleasant and all these things.
1: Exactly, and with that comes social media interaction, which then just creates conversation, which could somehow intertwine into business. So I just try and keep you know social media active, and just you know keep a conversation going with everyone.
0: So talk about your team experience, because there's a lot of agents that are newer agents Mm -hmm. that that listen to this, right? Download it or whatever. Yeah. So do you feel that there's value in teams? If so, for how long, at what point, forever, and what was your personal experience like?
1: Absolutely, so when I joined Daniel Gale, there were a few agents that brought me in the company, and there were a couple that I worked with, a couple different teams, but one in particular that I ended up working with joined her team, and she was and still is a consistent top top producer one of I'd say the 1% in the whole country to work with Wow so she brought me in on her team she brought me in on a lot of her listing appointments I shadowed her on showings and from there when she got comfortable with knowing that I know how to you know just properly handle business she would start giving me open houses to do, which I think is so important for agents starting out. You have to do open yeah. houses. And I always say to when they say to me how, you know, how many open houses did you do? You know, what was your balance? For years and years I did probably 4 to 5 open houses a weekend. Yep. Where I would do 11 to 1, one thirty to 2:30 and 3 to 4:30 every Saturday and Sunday. The same houses every single weekend. And we would say to the sellers, which is true, open houses sell houses. One hundred percent they do.
0: It's well, open houses sell houses and open houses give you an opportunity to meet a shit to meet ton of exactly.
1: People. Exactly. So shit I ton exactly. And there were many open houses that I did where we ended up getting offers from them from doing three or four in a row and the buyer said, you know, we didn't really want to come for a private showing, but we just said we'll keep an eye for the open house and they would come and look at it and they would make an offer on it. So That's I am a huge believer in open houses. So you know, from there, she would just say, you know, any buyers that come into these open houses, follow up with them. And if they're interested, great, they're your buyers. If they want to end up listing their house or they want something else and, you know, you could be of assistance to them, take the buyers, they're all yours. So that's a huge platform for how I started my business. And I think it's very important for agents to team up with someone with experience and that has an overload of business that they need to give to someone. Because, yeah. no, that you makes know, sense.
0: I think open houses are one of those things that is just, it, it's super vital and agents don't wanna work them. And even I did a, a talk for Cardinal Financial yesterday, loan officer, same thing. I'm like, you guys should be in open houses mm-hmm. at least yep. two a day.
1: Absolutely. Every single weekend. Absolutely. I mean, what if it's not an open house, it's a broker's open house where you just want to get the brokers and you want to meet. You just want to interact. You just have to keep, keep it going, keep the traction going.
0: Yeah, as an agent, it's super important, A, to meet clients, and then B, to meet other agents they have a good relationship with.
1: Absolutely, exactly. It's all about relationships. That's yeah. what I say.
0: Beth calls me two weeks ago. She has an offer that, I ha- that was actually $10,000 less than another offer, and I'm like, done. I knew the loan officer. I knew it's her. I'm like, I know it's going to close. If you tell me we have a relationship, that's it. Done. Yeah. That's the kind of, of, of thing that you need.
1: Exactly. And I always say in real estate, it's all about relationships. And you just want to have a good relationship with every agent because in the end, you have to show their listings and they have to show your listings. They're going to end up having someone for your house at some point and you're going to have someone for their house. so.
0: So do you recommend for new agents that they join a team? And what do you think is the appropriate
1: time to leave a team and go out on your own? Um, I wouldn't say it's necessary for them to join a team, but at least to partner up, even if it's just a top agent or okay. an agent that, again, needs open house help, that's willing to shat, you know, let them shadow and say, come on a listing appointment with me, just hear out how I handle any objections. I think that's very important as opposed to an agent just joining a company and being thrown in the lion's den saying, you're an independent contractor, yeah. figure it out, which a lot of agents that happens to. So I think it's important for new agents to do their research and find a company that they think is going to be uh, supportive for them and to be able to give them the resources and not even just the technological resources, but an agent who's willing to you know, help get their foot in the door a little bit and just get them a little bit of experience to get them comfortable with going on their own, which is obviously the end goal, or if the team aspect ends up working cuz a lot of people are team driven and they love the concept of a team and consistently working with a group which is what I love I loved working with this agent and her team for many years we had a great time we had fun doing it and you know it helped me with my business and I still enjoy working with other agents if I know it's going to be a busy a, a busy listing that's going to be chaotic with a ton of ton of buyers a, just a frenzy I would lo- I, with a lot of new agents. I'll put them on the listing, and I'll say it's good experience for you. You'll interact with the buyers. You'll help with open houses. You'll follow up. You'll be able to hear how I negotiate, how I handle any objections. So I think it's I think it's great for someone to work with someone for the start, and you know, for as long as they feel comfortable in needing it.
0: So when you walk into a listing appointment, right, mm-hmm. how important do you think the actual listing presentation is or do you feel like you've built so much value at that point that you have the deal when you walk in?
1: Never, never. Never you, what? Ne- you, ne- you never walk in feeling like that you got the listing, whether it's a stranger calling you off of a mailer from the internet or a good family friend because even a good family friend, and we know your first, your first deal is a family member and a family friend, and the first deal you get burned on is a family friend. That's what, come, that's what I've come to learn. No matter how close you are with someone, everyone knows someone in real estate. Yeah. So you're up for the listing, even though you're close friends with them, they're a family member, someone else is gonna be in the rear and say I could do a better job. So for me, I go in as a friend, and I just go in just having a simple conversation. I don't go into listing appointments with an objective, with a script, you just have to walk in the door and just go with the flow and you just start a conversation. You just get a little something to get to start and then you just walk around the house. You hear what they have to say and then you kind of just as you're walking around in the back of your mind think, okay, they may object to this. They may, you know, say this. How am I going to handle that? And you kind of just go with the flow with it. So I don't go into any listening appointment, one, expecting it or two, going in with any, you know, outcome of how the conversation's going to go.
0: Do you go in with listing paperwork ready for them to sign?
1: I will keep it in my car. I never go in with the paperwork and be forceful with it because I always say, if you have any questions, just call me, let me know when you're ready to list. But I'm very aggressive with following up Mm -hmm. so they see that I'm consistent and persistent and that this is the way that I conduct my business. But I never go in there just, you know, as a salesperson, which is what we are, but you don't want to come off as that. You don't want to come off as pushy. Like you're only looking for a dollar out of them.
0: What are some of the objections that you get from people when you're trying to get them to list with you?
1: Always, always, always price.
0: Always price? Always price. You are like, it's worth 500. And they're like, it's worth 750. You're like, no, but it's really worth 500. Always the price. Every single time.
1: 75 to 80% of the times it's always price. And a lot of the times, you know, which is what we do, you know, as real estate agents, we have to let them see where we're coming from. And, you know, why are you coming up with this number if we're all the way over here? And, you know, our friend whose cousin sold real estate 30 years ago says we need to sell our house that's $500,000 for $2 million because the market's crazy. You know, you have to bring people <laughs> down to reality and let them know that this is my job. I'm the professional. You called me here's why this is the number and this is why I stand by this number. How do you do that? Comps. Yeah. Very simple. I always say everything, no matter what, if it doesn't have a comp, there's a comp. There's something. And I'm very comp driven. And I think that's been very hard with this market because the past two years, the real estate has been very emotion driven with these buyers just going into a house for $700,000 and saying, great, I'm writing you a check for $1.4 million for this house, we want it which we saw something very crazy like that in my office, which was astronomical, but. um, That exact uh, scenario? Half a million over an asking price, yeah.
0: On a house that was listed for how much?
1: I believe 9.99 and went for about a million five. Wow. 6, yeah.
0: Was there something uniquely special about it or?
1: The line down the street with, 80 people trying to get into the house. And they were just TV. like, I just- Yep, get, just gotta write a check for that, yeah. Wow. Hmm? Where is this house, the town? Oh, uh, this was in Mutton Town.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. North Shore, yeah. And, but we saw that all across the board the past year, two years, and I think, again, that's why it's important to show that you're the professional, that here are the comps, and you wanna show that you're educated on the market, and in terms of this closed last year, so if there's gonna be a 10% or you know, increase or decrease in the price from what it was a few months ago, this is where we should be priced right now. So I'm very, very data-driven with my business. What do you think
0: most homeowners are looking for in an agent to sell their house? So you're walking in there and they're like, the objection is price, but what do you think they're looking for?
1: I think someone who's honest and not giving them what they wanna hear. So,
0: how many times when you turn around, they're like 7.50 and you're like, five, what percentage of the time do you lose the listing over that to somebody who'll just say, I'll list it for whatever you want versus people saying, I appreciate your honesty, we're gonna go for it?
1: I'd say 50-50. Wow. 50-50 and then I would say 50-50 of those I get the second time when it expires because the agent who said to them. My cousin who did real estate 40 years ago, you need to price it at this. Well, they said we need to price it at this, so we're starting off at this with them. No problem, call me if you have any questions. Six months down the line, yeah, we screwed up. We should have listed with you. We should have listened to you. And then I end up getting it the second time.
0: Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So 75% conversion rate, which is very high.
1: Mm, -hmm. absolutely. And I don't go in begging for the listing. I say, here's what it is. I don't wanna give you a false promise, which a lot of agents I think in this business do. So I think that's also important for new agents to hear. Never go in and give a false promise that you're not going to be able to perform, and that you may end up regretting down the line. You yeah. just
0: you always want to uh, underpromise and overdeliver.
1: That's what I always say. I'd rather underpromise and just wow them, and they say, "Wow, we actually did this. Wow,
0: cool." So, what are you seeing in the market now?
1: I think we're seeing a correction and a little bit of a rebalance from the spring, which was, I think, the most brutal market that anyone has ever seen. Yeah. And definitely- in, If
0: you were trying to buy, yeah.
1: And in 10 years, uh, the most brutal that I've seen, and even for sellers, you know, you take an offer, and then the next day, the 10 angry buyers that lost that are banging on your door, saying, I have a check right now. I'll write you over whatever you're taking. Please sell me your house, which we had situations like that. Wow. Yep. Um, I think- there's a little more of a healthy amount of inventory now. I think, again, it depends on the price point. There's still a lot of bidding wars that I'm seeing in the yeah. under a million mark.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot of stuff, there's not a lot of product around still, yeah.
1: yeah exactly. The higher end upper tier market, which in the spring stuff was flying two, three, four, five million $5 million in a week, which was like unheard of. Is not. Is now sitting for 30, 45 days, price corrections you're seeing more open houses every weekend where you're yep. saying, oh, okay, I guess they don't have any serious offers right now where they're continuing to try and get people in there. So uh, I, I think it's a, a it's a rebalance and a correction, like I said, from the spring right now.
0: Okay. What do you ultimately think is going to happen over the next 12 to 24 months?
1: I have no freaking
0: idea. <laughs> I mean, and I say that because in the spring oh.
1: of, of 2021, we said, this is a crazy market. You know, it's definitely gonna be a lot better next year. It's gonna have a ton of inventory. And you know, the next year, the spring that just went by, we had 30% less inventory that we had the year yeah. before. So yeah. I think mar- real estate is so unpredictable.
0: Yeah, no, I get it.
1: And it's so hard to predict the future.
0: So I guess I'm gonna close out with this. You yeah. are, uh, it's interesting because you're kind of like um, a young OG, <laughs> right? Cause you're, you're very young, but you've been doing this for 10 years which is interesting. So, I mean, a lot of experience, a lot of time left. What, what's in the cards?
1: Just keep growing and just keep going, and building my business.
0: Yep, I, you love it, you're sticking with it.
1: I love it, and I love when agents come to me and they wanna get involved in real estate and they say, would you mentor me? Would you help me out in the beginning? And I do that consistently. I have a ton of agents that I've brought into my company that I'm mentoring right now, that I'm guiding, that I'm helping out. And I'm already seeing in six months with some, the results and see that what I'm telling them to do and work on their sphere, do the open houses, be consistent, it's working for them.
0: So any possibility of a team?
1: Stay tuned. (laughs) Uh,
0: That's awesome, listen, I appreciate you coming down. Thank you very much. If anyone's looking to buy or sell or possibly considering going to Daniel Gale, how do they find you? What's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Uh, social media, I'm big on. Um, social media, Instagram, Lowell Ackerman, DGSIR. Facebook, Lowell Ackerman. And keep in touch.
0: Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. you, Charles. That's a wrap.